Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey there, welcome to the Behind the Sermons podcast. I'm here with Pastor Nate and Pastor Rob as we talk through our final week of The God I Created and went through uh, graven images today. This one was... Um, I think you did a really great job. This one. How are you doing today, Jeremy? Oh, sorry. I went straight into <laughs> it. I'm doing great. I'm doing well. great. How are you, Pastor Nate? I'm, I'm pretty good. <laughs> I'm better than I deserve. Uh, Pastor one Rob? Of the, yeah, this is one of those donkey moments. Where I'm just <laughs> <laughs> and cut away. <laughs> doing great. Sorry. Thanks for asking. Um, Let me get back to business. Just a shout out to some of our <laughs> listeners. Uh, Jake. Uh, last week sent me a video of the song Rainbow Connection from when you sang it at the end of the podcast last week. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah. How did you have a video? No, a video of Kermit singing it. Oh. Just to call it out? Yeah. I don't sound like Kermit the Frog. Stop it. It's going to start to hit me. <laughs> it's going to start to hit me emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have an old cassette recorder? We could record it. You could listen to it back, play it back. <laughs> I've heard my voice back plenty. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, um, how's that Pop-Tart treating you? Is it it's, good? Uh, it's a s'mores Pop-Tart. It's my <laughs> lunch today. Uh, I do have a yogurt with it as well. That's good. So pretty balanced. A lot of fortified <laughs> vitamins. For those of us out there who have never had a s'mores Pop-Tart, do you want to kind of just describe what you're feeling right now as you eat that so we can see if we want to get in on that at some point in time in our lives? Um, like I'm, a Rachel too, I'm too tired to be, I think, creative. And why do I always say I'm tired on the podcast? I don't know. I'm not trying to... I'm, it's not a cry for help. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, normally we film these or record these on a Monday which Sunday does take a lot, right? So right. Sundays, you're focusing on the message, but also you don't want to be a jerk and stay in your office the whole Sunday morning. So you're out there talking to the church, talking to new people. So I get it. You're pretty- yeah, a lot of meeting. We had a, a pastoral staff and families dinner at my house last night. Uh, so then that's- And that must have been exhausting. and social. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Not exhausting. I mean- I was exhausted trying to be good at Super Smash Brothers mm. and just letting Asher whip me with his characters. That was sad. And for those of you that I hooked with my question before, his face looked like he was enjoying it. So oh, yeah, yeah jump I mean, in on that. S'mores Pop-Tart, they are way to go. They're the way to one go. of the best. Yeah. I hardly ever eat them. When I was a kid and I used to go camping with the church almost every weekend, we, I was part, so there's Royal Rangers, but then there's like the, there's just like an upper level that you have to it's test into and be mentored into called FCF, which is Frontiersman Camping Fellowship. So if camping's not enough, you'd join FCF and you'd camp like it was still the 1800s. So no propane, no oh, yeah. batteries, Basically and you'd camp that grills. way. So... I would go to these events as a 15, 16-year-old 
boy and I'd bring Pop-Tarts with me and I'd cook those <laughs> over the fire and people would be so angry. But I got a lot of good breakfast out of it because they're like, come on, here, here have this breakfast sandwich. Here, have these bacon and eggs. No, no, Only one time it didn't work out and I preached about it before where I, I got um, forced to eat breakfast with the guy who just had massive heart attack. That was fake eggs. And fake oh. sausage, no salt, and I was just like pushing that down my throat. Pasada added. Six I tried years to politely to be like, "No, I like my pop tarts." <laughs> like, and a lot of those guys were pretty rough, <laughs> like as rough as you can probably get, and still go to heaven. And they're like, "No, <laughs> go eat. You're not gonna be here and eat pop tarts." I'm like, yes. <laughs> How old are you? That sounds like a bad 16, dream. I think. Wow. Yeah. That's exactly what I would not want to sign up for. It was for. a whole different world back then. <laughs> I remember camping one Memorial Day weekend, and it was all guys from the church, teenagers from the church, and two adult leaders. And um, we, they had those huge gym mats that are like four foot thick, mm. and we would just wrestle on that all weekend. And so we stuffed one of the kids in between those two mattresses and pressed him again it against it so it was like cocooned and then we stuck pine needles all down, all down his shirt <laughs> and so he started crying which was shocking because he was 14 he wasn't expecting a 14 year old to start crying from that and he was her he, and i thought he was our friend and we weren't then, trying to be mean 14 year olds today are a little different <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, when we got back to the campsite, those two adult leaders, I mean, I felt like they beat us up. They, they, I mean, I remember the one guy, he was very heavy, just absolutely kneeling on, like on, on my chest while they stuffed pine needles down my shirt. And I couldn't breathe because it was like <laughs> 280 pounds These on top of my chest. These were the adults on the trip? These were the adult leaders. <laughs> It was a different world back then. Yeah, it is. Now we have to text the parents' permission just to show them where the bathroom is. Can we bring peanut butter to kids' church? (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, I am glad it's a different world. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So are most parents. I'm not... I wouldn't reminisce about that time you just told in a positive way. No, not... I mean, it was a funny story, but it was funny what we did to our... It was funny after the therapy. boy... And well, no, the only thing I got there before was my first camping trip with the church. I was five years old. My mom put me in the church van and I left. And on that trip to wherever we were going, and it could have been an hour trip, it could have been a two hour trip. Um, the, the female chaperone of the trip, like screamed at me, like large Marge, like that's just from, from Pee Wee's uh, big adventure. I just, she just screamed at me and I cried the rest of the trip. The rest of the way oh to that, gosh. like just cried alone in the back of the church van, hardly know any of the kids, don't know the leaders. What happened? Why? Do you I, would, me- I would assume I was acting like my kids. <laughs> I just think like you're going camping, you're five years old, you're really excited. So you're like being loud and excited yeah. and goofing off on the trip. And then she's like, quiet down. <laughs> and then I cried. Yeah. I mean, how would you feel if you ever saw a large Marge? So <laughs> terrifying scene. <laughs> anyway, I forgot about that scene. I mentally blocked that out. Yeah, 
just like you should have done to that trip, it sounds like, because <laughs> I would have. <laughs> that it, it is funny to think through, like, we may have done a lot more extra things as Christians back in those days, but it sounded like everyone who has stories of that has stories of how miserable people were while doing them. Well, so, like, it's like a weird... I went camping almost all summer, every year until I went to college. It was okay. awesome. I loved it. And I have a lot of, I mean, I have some of those bad stories, yeah. but I have a lot of great stories. Yeah. Uh, great moments with God, a lot of cool experiences, a lot of fun. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, it was great. But those aren't funny. So we don't hear those as much. Don't you have a, a a terrifying story that happened at a church for like a Halloween party that they would do? Like, oh to, yeah, I went to my my parents. We went to a couple different churches. We went to one. I think it was a vacation Bible school, or it was a it was a special event. It was an invite your friends to church kind of event, and I still don't fully remember it. I think my sisters remember it, and I just I don't I have no recollection of what happened. But um, one of the leaders, like they shut all the lights off and one of the leaders was Satan chasing us. <laughs> and we had to like go through an obstacle course. Like, oh shoot, shoot, he's coming, he's coming. Like, Welcome to real life, and, kids. And um, we were all like scarred. That was somehow the game. Like <laughs> outrun Satan. Here we go. Like, by the way, he's on a dirt bike. Like whatever. Like it was just so... It was a weird... Yeah, and I, probably that same church would be angry at you if you went trick-or-treating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, so yeah, weird weird things happened in the in the early, in the late 90s. Well, some weird things happened during the sermon on Sunday. Dude, I don't know. I, just, that, that I was, was trying segue. to segue it back. I think we've wasted people's time too much. Yeah, yeah, like... Um, <laughs> People responding to people the people that last week was goofy. Man, we're no. just getting comfortable behind the microphone. <laughs> we're unleashed now. Uh, no, so we closed up this podcast. series, The God I Created. You did say something funny when you asked everyone to explain God in one word. Mm -hmm. And you said something, you thought everyone spoke Yiddish because they all were, ev <laughs> every was word perfect. was Holy just Lord. in perfect time. And you're like, oh. I guess I can't play this game. <laughs> yeah. They must, maybe they all shouted words in Hebrew. Like we're just a highly. We're just super educated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did, uh, I told you during the sermon when you went through it. So for those of you who hadn't been listening, Pastor Nate <clears throat> asked the location pastors to all own a sermon series. Like we picked a sermon series, we'd present it at planning retreat. And then he cut, would kind of pick out of the couple we chose, um, which ones we would do. And so we would prep them all. And so this week or this series was one that I had prepped. The next one we're going into is one pastor Steven is prepping. I was so mad when he went into Isaiah 44 <laughs> and I never put that in any of my outlines. I was like, are you kidding? I have been like watching YouTube videos, doing all these things. And I did never came across Isaiah 44 going through it. And I was just so mad because I couldn't even feel good about how perfect that fit in the sermon. 
because it was still Pastor Nate swooping in, making it awesome. It happens. <laughs> More often than I'd like to Sometimes admit. you're you have just preached something, you start studying on Monday for the next week, and you're like, what in the world? Why couldn't I find <laughs> yeah. this perfect illustration or this perfect backup point in all of my studying the previous few weeks for the other message? Do you have a spot that you just like pocket random ideas? Like, do you have a, a doc? Somewhere? I have a Google doc right now that says uh, Sermon Series 2023. Right. No, but I mean, like, if you're just like, this is an illustration, that'd be cool. Do you write that down anywhere? Or because you also have a, a freakishly good memory. I need to be better at doing it. Mm. Um, but I will, if I, if I see something for a future sermon series, I'll end up putting it in that Google Doc. So if I see something for next year, I'll leave the link in my notes. So when I look at it next year, I'm like, what is that? And I click on it. I'm like, I have no idea what past me was thinking. That doesn't make any (laughs) sense. Or I really set myself up for something good. So you're always normally like the year ahead. Once we hit the pre, once the preaching calendar is picked for 2022, you then create a doc for 2023 and all new ideas are kind of popping. Yeah. Unless sometimes, yeah, sometimes I need to, um, if stuff gets changed, because the fall, once we get closer to the fall, then things start changing because as the year has moved along, hmm. all of a sudden I realize maybe there's something in my heart that I want to preach or something that's resonated with the church that I want to build upon. Yeah. So, um, so once we start moving things around, then all of a sudden I end up with maybe an empty weekend or an empty month. So then I open up the future folder see what might. and see if something... If I if I thought maybe God was sharing something for the future, but it's not for next year, it's for now. Mm. And so that's just part of that process. That's interesting. That's cool. It's a good way to process it. I always think about that. Like I'll get a random idea and then I'm like, oh, I'll save this in a note. But then if I get another random idea, I can't find where I put the previous one. So I just have like random notes. I have to I have to remember what the idea might be so I can search keywords within the within the idea. Yeah, Google Docs helps me because yeah. I I just titled the, the document. Right. And I can That's cool. What do you think um now obviously this was and we've had like one-on-one conversations. This is the first time I had ever written kind of an outline, so I know some of that you had to do a lot of extra work in. But um what were some of the challenges in this series for you writing through? Not not being a jerk, I think. To me, for the outlines. No, 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 no. To to me, <laughs> preaching it. Yeah. So I I don't want it to be a point a finger at you right. message, and I probably I mean so as much as those listening feel like that's what it was. Mm. That's me trying really hard not to do that. Mm. So I could have just rested in that and just preached against stuff. Put away your phone. Put away your TV. Put away right. Netflix. Put away. You know, tear down your idols. And I could have just yelled and screamed the whole time. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't, just don't feel like that's a helpful way right. to preach. Preaching needs to lead to transformation, not just condemnation. <laughs> right. Not to mention, oh, you, you even said it this Sunday. I liked um, 
when you start calling out people's idols, that's when the the defenses kind of come up even more. So if you had the approach of like just going in and yelling, like people shut down. We're not right. We talk about it's, it's much different nowadays, right? Like people could yell at the camping trips and have fun and all that, but we don't respond to that anymore. It's very, well, the second you yell and it hits me, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to tense up. I'm going to block this out and I'm going to say, well, you're yelling, which is rude. So you don't have any real opinion in my life. Right. You know, so I think I think you did I think you did bridge that really well. The other thing, the other challenge was making it how do you how do you move it to today? Right. Right? Because those were all so far away. It's easy and this is the other part about preaching that I try to stay away from. It's easy just to talk theory. Right. And I think that's really easy. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of great pastors who I feel like just talk theory. Yeah. So you just teach about what God said back then and learn all about what God did back then and never bring it into, well, God's word is still alive. So what yeah. do we need to do about that today? What's he trying to talk to us today? Right. And trying to do that without repeating myself. And I don't, think I did or or just reusing the same hired illustration you know so I think that was the other right the other other challenge of the series and I've had I've heard that too like I've I've been caught in conversations with pastors like older pastors that talk through um you know sometimes we'll spend we'll spend four months in one book of the Bible. And then he'd like kind of give me some tidbits on, on what his messages were about. And a lot of the times I was like, it's like fun facts. It's like, right. You know what I mean? It's like fun facts. Did you know, you know, I forget one of the ones, the, the, the eunuch that got baptized, you know, he was a person of influence because to get those scrolls, all this stuff, I'm like, all right, I have no idea how to apply that. I have no idea how that changes how I feel about the story. Right. And it's like, if it's full of fun facts, like... I would say that that's probably, I mean, me being a super, super preacher all the time. Right. Like I preach all the time. No, I'm just kidding. Every um, week, don't you? It, uh, well... What do you call what you're doing at U-Turn? At U-Turn, I do it once a month. Oh. But I'm not like, I, I'm not like, I'm just saying, I don't he have like the WWD. <laughs> that sounds really great. All What's right, guys, no. pull out your flashcard. No, but I would say that that's the wrong way to preach through the Bible. Like, I think that there's a right way to preach through a large section of scripture, which would be the application part of it. I know we've listened to podcasts where all we did was listen to, it was like a, what, a 40-week Matthew series from yeah. from Tim Mackey. I don't know if we're dropping names, but like Tim Mackey, where it was like, there was a lot of good stuff in there and he preached it very applicably. Yeah. Um, so he would go through it. He would hit on each of the things and be like, well, but this was, is what it means for us today. There would always be a, a, a moment of application, yeah. um, which I think is super important. So the facts thing, I just would say that it would probably be the wrong way to preach through right. the Bible. Like nobody wants to be like just hitting the head with facts. Like that's not how. Because it's not like it pop trip, like, like uh, it's not like you're going to trivia nights and they're asking those kind of questions to yeah. where the fun facts would be like, oh yeah, I know this. Like, like they don't do anything. It, 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 sometimes they they might help inform you, but 
the random fun facts and just the theory about what the scripture we're reading. If it's not, like you said, like it has to be applicable. Well, I mean, that's our motivation. Right. That's our mm-hmm. motivation. We, we, we feel that practical Bible teaching is one of the keys to spiritual transformation. Yeah. So you've heard your whole life, love your enemies. But all of a sudden when you're taught how, how do you to love, love you? Yeah. your enemies, scripture comes alive. Mm-hmm. You're told, um, uh, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I can just imagine preachers yelling that. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And people are amening, amening. We all walk out of church. Yeah, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And it's a great thing. But then how if you don't have joy, how do you get joy? Yeah. So the joy of your the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now here's how you mm. meet the Lord and allow him to fill you with joy. Yeah. Thank 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 you. Finally. Yeah. Um, or like we talked about the names of God, the Lord is my banner. So, I mean, we sing a lot of songs about his banner over me, um, Jehovah Nisi, you know, in Bible college, they say that all the time in prayers, they, you know, people would shout it. Yeah. The Lord is my banner. All right. And, and, you walk out like, yeah, the Lord's my banner. You feel really good. And then <laughs> if your kid says, what does that mean? The Lord's my banner. Uh, I actually have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. I've heard it my whole life. I have Mm. no idea. For me, I feel like that was the concept of grace. I heard about his grace and mercy my entire life, and I was married, and I said to Michelle, like, I really have, and I've gone through Bible college, I really (laughs) have no concept of what grace is. So I started buying books, Yeah, and I still couldn't really get it. It wasn't until, I mean— I mean, I had an idea of it, but I didn't know how to live it. I didn't know how to define it. And it's just one of those. I have, I actually have one of those. Can we maybe discuss it? Let, <laughs> like I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, we don't have tons of time, but like um, I've heard it said over the past couple of months, just randomly. And it's like, I pray the blood of Jesus over this situation or over a family or something like that, where it's like, you just pray blood of Jesus on things? Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> How do you Google that? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So like, I was like, I understand, like, I pray freedom into your situation and I pray uh, that the grace of God reaches you where you are and things mm. like that. But to, to, I don't know, like lump it into, I pray the blood of Jesus over your family. It's like, I don't, I don't I'm get what you're like. Yeah. So it's like a weird I don't know if you guys have run into it or, or thought about it, but it was something that I heard said recently at a conference. And I was like, should I be praying the blood of Jesus over people? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> so there's a whole, there's honestly a whole bunch of those sayings. Um, and you have to research, like, what does that really mean? So I'm trying to think there was one from last week that I was trying to find the scripture background, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But I believe, uh, just on a quick study that comes from a quick Google search, it comes from Hebrews 9.22. The law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So praying the blood of Jesus on something, pleading the blood of Jesus on something, there's a a couple... So... Again, off the top of my head, there's a couple of things. One is his blood cleanses 
So mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of an admission of this is not on my power. This is not by what I've done. This is the, the shed blood of Christ on the cross, which cleanses my iniquity, cleanses my sin, um, conquers death. All right. So you're kind of, you know, a statement that makes you aware of that. Mm-hmm. The other thing is Passover, right? So you've got the angel of death going through the camp and it kills the firstborn except for where the blood of the lamb is over to the doorstep. So when I'm praying the blood of Jesus over someone's life, I'm praying protection. You got your blood over their doorstep so that death can't come and take them out. Death can't infiltrate their home. The enemies get no authority to go there because the blood of Jesus is over the doorstep, over the doorpost. So it would be those two things combined, again, off the top of my head. Yeah, and that that was just something that I was like— I was like, what am I supposed to be thinking when that's said? <laughs> like, yeah. how am I supposed to agree in prayer to that or even lead lead something like that? But um, so we there are can, a whole bunch. Traveling yeah. mercies is one I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, God, we just pray for traveling mercies. Does anybody know what that means or where that comes from? I've never heard it. No. So I pray for supernatural gas mileage. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I pray for. <laughs> At least I know what that one's going to do. Every supernatural gas mileage. Some of it is. Hey, uh, and I feel free. You text my wife and ask her if she's ever heard me pray that. <laughs> I have. I'm not joking. That's so funny. Um, bringing it back to the 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 sermon real quick. I I did have something that that stuck out that I was like, um, it just was something that I think needs to be said. But the idea that um, having a cross and worshiping the cross is wrong. But I think that um, the idea that having a cross as a reminder is not a bad thing. I think we as people are are forgetful, right? We're, we're people that always forget um, everything, which is why God was like, let build an altar here so that you never forget. Build an altar here so that you never forget. And and it's not that anybody's worshiping the altar, right? It, it's that they're, they're saying, ah, yeah, God Ebenezer. met me here. Yeah. Here I lay my Ebenezer, which mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the band I was in in high school was title Ebenezer for a while. Right? Ebenezer was the name of a band. I can't remember if I was in it or not. <laughs> anyway, sorry. If I really wasn't, good, I wanted to be. It was a really good dream, whatever it was. As bad as my mind is, you would think I used aluminum deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> you probably have for a long time. It's, yeah. it's in everything. Anyway. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, it was just just that that reminder of like we don't think crosses are bad as reminders, but like it, it's right. different when you're when you take the cross out and you kiss. Well, it, no, like, it's like I a, mean keeping anything as a reminder is a challenge. Off the again, off the top of my head, the only thing I could think of that's supposed to be a reminder is the bread and the wine, like communion. Yeah. Communion. Yeah. Do this in remembrance of me. This mm. is your reminder to remember what I've done. And even that has been hijacked over the last 2,000 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember in high school, my friend's um, uncle uh, wouldn't come to our church because we don't have communion every week, but yeah. he would. He wasn't a Christian mm. he, at all. I'm not going to go to your church. You don't have communion every week. I want to go to a church where I can have communion every week. Oh, all right. Well, do you go to that church? No. You're, what? Okay. It's just Interesting bizarre. Idea. Um, one of my friends told me last week 
um, they're out of they're out of the church that believes in transubstantiation. Yep. Um, and a kid dropped one of the elements on the ground. So you didn't just drop a cracker on the ground. You dropped Jesus on the ground. And so I've never heard this before, but they had to like take holy water and sanitize the floor. And then you have Whoa. to go through a whole procedure because that is the body of Christ now that's fallen on the ground. And you have to go to great lengths. You don't just sweep it up and throw it away. It's, I, it's the body of Christ. I thought the belief was that after you... Well, so apparently there's more than there's, one belief. Okay. There's well, like there's some levels surprise. of belief here. Yep. Um, and so even communion, which she's do this in remembrance of me. We find a way. Of me. Now people are essentially like worshiping it, right? Because you don't actually know Jesus, but you're believing that these elements are making you holy. No, the elements aren't making you holy. They're yeah. remembering Christ on the cross mm-hmm. and Christ risen from the tomb who makes you holy. Yeah. The bread and wine are bread and wine. And I we had people leave the church because I kept referring to it as juice and crackers. And I'm like, well, that's what it is. Yeah. So it, it's a representation, but we're talking to people who've never been in church before. Yep. I'm just trying to help them understand. And I say, hey, grab your grab your body and grab your blood. Uh, we're gonna take <laughs> right. communion. They're like, I don't I didn't bring any of those with me today. What do I do? It also oh, no, I mean the cracker and the juice I just handed you. Oh, okay. Right. It also sounds funny to call those wafers bread. <laughs> True that. <laughs> like I I never so yeah, I, I feel that. And I always got nervous about that because I've heard people put a lot of heaviness on communion. So I know every time I do communion, I let people who have never heard about it I said, just in case you never heard about it, nothing mystical is happening in our in our in our communion. Nothing, nothing weird is going on. We're just remembering this. Like I always try and honestly, I think that makes it weird. We've never <laughs> talked about it because I never think about it. <laughs> yeah. But the things I guess my just thought is like if so I'm trying to think through is and maybe this is just a good learning point, is Catholicism where that belief comes into place? The I was well, definitely is. I don't know if it if it works through other mainline denominations, because yeah. um, I believe it does. Um, so, because Greek or Orthodox, I would think, believe believes the same thing. Um, and then there's there's Roman Catholicism, but there's another one besides that, and I mm. think they believe the same thing as well. Um, yeah. I, I can, I'm not sure about Episcopal. Yeah. So is that... I, sorry. No. Uh, I was just thinking, like, on a broader spectrum, like, we could say... That that's it's just man perverting something that's good. I think that a lot of what humans tend to do, if you know, well, pervert, without, I think is maybe too strong of a word, right? I think it comes it from far. a. It's just it comes ultimately from a good intention. Yeah, we were going to revere this moment, but instead you revere the object mm-hmm. instead of what it was meant to revere, right? Which is the idea with the cross, yeah. right? To wear cross necklace, to have a fish bumper sticker, you know, those should be the same things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we end up treating the cross, which I don't know if it's from vampire movies or what, but we end up treating it as something yeah, Something of different. power. Or protection of, or something weird like that. Which I always thought was weird because you think about it's it's the 
obviously there's a lot more heaviness in it because of Christianity and the story of it and everything, but it's the equivalent of just wearing a, a guillotine around your neck. Like, right. like if in, in what it was made to do, it's torture. You right. know what I mean? And so like, it's, it's very, I always found that weird with even like you had said, like people who aren't Christians that wear a cross. It's like, you realize like without the significance of Jesus, that's just a torture and murder device. Right. That's really morbid for you to be wearing. But, um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I I loved my favorite thing that you said uh, when you were was talking about you're dismissed. I didn't <laughs> was you're dismissed. And Dude, what a jerk! I was the best. How dare you? Um, no, it was when you talked about when people tell me you can't be a church without a cross. I tell them, and, and I'm trying to remember exactly how I said it. I tell them you can't be a Christian without a Christ, or you're not a Christian without a Christ. Like their focus on that. And I think even in like the notes that I was working through the whole idea of like having a church, having a cross in a church is beautiful. Leaving a church over a cross reveals an idol, like, like deciding you can step away from something because something other than Jesus is removed. You know what I mean? Like, and I think the way you handled that, you handled it really carefully, right? Cause you even said like, I'm trying to be careful of how I talk about this but when you were finished, I just like, there were people behind me that were like, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you hit it so well. And I, I love that throughout this series, it almost made it so, Hey, nothing is off limits. We'll talk about how non-Christians do it. We'll talk about how you could be, uh, you know, convinced to conform out of Christianity to, to create your own God. And that's like, but also let me talk to the Christians that might be doing it as right. well. And I love that that's kind of how your approach was going through it. Um, I thought you just did really an excellent job. And even second service, when you flipped around, like, Hey, before I read this, let me, let me specify when you were going through Isaiah. Cause you kind of read it and then you're like, Oh wait, wait a second. Hey, you're if you're right. not a Christian, that wasn't, that wasn't directed towards you. Yeah. We're not, you're not, he, yeah. We're not just bashing other religions right now. Like that's not the object, right. the object of today's message. Right. It was to focus in on us. And, and so I thought, I thought you did, um, you did a great job leading through that. Um, the, the cross is probably the biggest one for me that I've seen, you know, and, and we've talked about before. I know I saw a glimpse of it even when we put chairs in Plymouth, there was the pews leaving and that you, when you talked about like traditionalism, like that whole idea of, well, if a church doesn't have stained glass and pews, is it even a church of Jesus? You know what I mean? And like, right. And um, I just, I, I love the way you, you laid out this message a lot. No real point to that. Just letting you know. Hey, I love <laughs> you too. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I think, uh, you know, painting of Jesus is one. It's just all these little things. Like, there's nothing necessarily wrong with them. Yeah. But we end up, we just end up worshiping them. It ends up being superstition. And maybe not for you, but the third and fourth generation. Right. It affects them. Maybe you got saved and you know Jesus, but if you're not talking about that, you're just talking about the cross yeah. hanging on the wall, then that next 
generation, they just look toward the cross on the wall. They don't right. ever look toward Christ. Yeah. And the third generation looks at the person looking at a cross and being like, do they know how stupid they look right now? <laughs> like, I don't want to have anything to do with this religion. Yeah. And no one gets to hear a testimony. Hey, why, you know, if you have a cross in your wall, tell your kid and your grandkid, you know this cross is? Yeah, it's Jesus. No, it's not Jesus. But it reminds me every day of what Jesus did for me. Here's what Jesus did for me. Right. And you have to, which you should be doing anyway. Right. But you've got to make sure Jesus is getting the recognition, not not a piece of plastic or a piece of... Right. I think we see, too, the generation understanding how ridiculous, like, even the painting of Jesus is, right? Because... It's a lot of Renaissance art. It's a very white looking Jesus. And that's almost the go-to insult right now as far as art that portrays Jesus. If someone's not a Christian, they'll sound so intelligent when they're just like, Jesus didn't have that skin color. And it's like, all right, well, yeah, we all know that. Like, get over it. But it's but it's something I think we're seeing because of a hyper focus on the image of Jesus. And and you can tell it became something so important that it actually is kind of a stabbing point to be like, by the way, he wasn't white. Like, he should know. Like, it's just a weird thing that I right, see right. a lot of comments, yeah. you know? It's kind of like, it gives a pushback. Like, he was Jewish, right? Yeah. Isn't Jerry Seinfeld Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Adam Sandler Jewish? I just love... Uh, Isn't I like Ben them. Shapiro Jewish? <laughs> so, who are we to say? Who are we? I, um... I like the meme of Obi-Wan. Have you seen that? Not sure. Where it's it's a picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi that someone at oh, their grandmother's yeah. house took yep. out the picture of Jesus <laughs> and put him as Obi-Wan. It was like, my grandmother hasn't noticed yet <laughs> or something like that. Like, I'm going to tell my grandkids this is Jesus. And it's just that whole thing of like <laughs> weird images in there and just swapping it out. Yeah. But yeah, I think that... Um, it has to be about Jesus. Yeah. And that's the big, that's the big point. It can't be about a pastor. Maybe we can talk about that for a little bit, like pastor worship. It can't be about yeah. a pastor. It can't be, I want to go to that church because that pastor is better known. Um, you can't put your pastor on a pedestal. You can't, your face shouldn't crumple down because your pastor walked away from mm. God. And I remember, um, I remember, when the pastor before me left, so he resigned, and the drummer quit church that day. Wow. Quit church. Never came back. In fact, he's in prison now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's 100%. He's in prison right now. Wow. That's bizarre. Yeah. Like, why is your faith in the pastor? a lot of pressure. The, the pastor, he didn't forsake God. He does not like, hey, everything I've been teaching you is false. You need to hate God, too. Mm. Oh, Okay. No, he's just like, hey, I'm not no longer the pastor here. Well, here's here's my drumsticks. I'm turning them in. I'm done, and I'm done. I'm not going to church anymore for yeah. the rest of my life. Mm. I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. But it's easy to worship something. Yeah, it's true. It's easy to worship another person. It's easy to worship an idol. It's easy it's, to worship ourselves. It's even easy to worship. Um, like an experience, if you have an experience with God and I, we've, I think we've talked about before the whole idea of like, 
I want to hear this song because that's when God moved my heart. And so I want to sing this worship song. And mm-hmm. you get stuck in, you know, the stuff you listened to in youth group when you were most sensitive to the Holy Spirit changing you. That's the music that really had the Holy Spirit in it. And like that whole idea of like, well, hang on, now you're worshiping your experience you had and thinking God can't move through through a modern if you have, if you, you know, if we have an evangelist come to the church and then you travel everywhere the evangelist is yeah. to, to get touched by God, well, no, come on. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with going to see an evangelist at multiple different venues, but then your faith is resting on, is using that evangelist as a mediator between God. Right. Your faith has to grow a little bit beyond that. I thought of, um, and maybe this is like, you're, you're going to be talking to people who are heavily in ministry or pastors, but I had a thing that I knew we couldn't address it on Sunday because it's not, it's not going to address like a huge crowd of people, but I wanted to ask your, you know, you've had a lot of good spitballing moments in this episode. So there's another one, but I think one that we didn't cover of God's We Create happens for pastors or high ministry volunteers of the work they do for God. And um, I I thought before we get out of the series to kind of have some talking points about that. Cause I know for me, I work through that a lot, you know, so working through, can I spend time alone with God and not start thinking about my job and not start thinking about all these different things. So I thought um, just another red flag for people who are heavily involved in ministry um, or pastors, we can really make the work of the ministry our God really right. easily. Um, and I don't know if you've ever felt that or worked through that, but you know, we have, you know, we, we, we have interns that go through it. We have other pastors that listen to it. So I didn't know if, if you've processed that ever, how you work through those things. Sorry, I put you on the spot, but I've been curious. I mean, I think we can, we should probably have a conversation um, and that was a kind of maybe a big question. If you think it's something more specific to ask, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know that I. I don't worship my title. I don't worship the job. My problem is I get too much of my identity from it. Yeah. And so yeah. that's and then maybe that's worship. Mm. All right. But I, if I, you know. So that's yeah. some of it. I guess I, I don't know. I'm trying to think, is there a different way practically it would work out if you're worshiping your work? I think, um, you know, for what did I hear today? I can't forget. I can't remember the guy's name now. Um, Jimmy Evans has oh, a yeah. book for laws of love, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so one of them is the law of priority. So if you love something you you prioritize it so yeah. your wife or your spouse should be your number one priority besides the lord mm-hmm. and if work and success is your idol i think even beyond ministry then you end up putting it at a higher priority right so if your work is above your kids okay if your work is above your spouse mm-hmm. you get a problem if your work is above god it's a problem. I think the trouble with pastoring is you can't ever, how do you even tell? 
Right. It's easy you if disconnect? you're an electrician or you're a construction guy that your work is your God because you just, well, I've got to work on Sundays. I've got to. Right. And, 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 and the idol might be money, right? So I've got to make money. Yeah. I don't have a choice. I got to make money. I've got to build my business. I have no other choice. I've got to do it. Yep. Instead of trusting that God can do more in six days than you can in seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but in church world, though, I think m- maybe if work is your idol, you or ministry is your idol, you don't take a Sabbath. Right. That's probably one of the key thing. Mm-hmm. You don't take vacation time. Um, you don't let other people get the spotlight. Right. Uh, that's probably a big one. Yeah. Um, but again, you could be the idol there. So those could mix. <laughs> right. So I want people to worship me and I want to get all the credit. And right. I, so it's not necessarily that ministry is the idol. Mm. I could just be the idol. Um, other things, I mean, are there, are, there, are there others you can think of? No, I think, I think the first like point you had made is one I resonate the most with. Like, I don't think I, I, I don't struggle with like worshiping ministry, but I do probably get, get a good amount of my identity from it. Right. And that's off of your recommendation, even from this podcast started going through like the ruthless elimination of hurry. And we had talked about this off the podcast too, but like the whole silence and solitude, like spending time with God without your mind going anywhere. I'm, I'm thinking about meetings. I'm thinking about projects that I want to get done. And I, the entire time, like, Hey, shut up. <laughs> like, hey, just shut up. You're, you're here to spend time with God. Like you need to disconnect, which, which ultimately I think that's God helping reveal like, Hey, you, you got to disconnect. And have just... we ever recommended the nine sacred pathways No, in this podcast? I don't think so. So I want to recommend it. Yeah. All right. Because you, for, for one, all right, we're all wired different yeah. and we have to be free to spend time with God according to our personality and the way he wired us, not according to anywhere else, yeah. any, any way out. So some people are just really able. They're just able. They just alone and they, they're, they contemplate and yeah. that's it. It's easy for them. Some people aren't that way and they shouldn't feel guilty for being yeah. that way. So, you know, great times with God, you know, one of those is, uh, I, I wish I had it pulled up, but it's um, like one is like worship. Like you feel closest to God through worship. And I do. Like when it's loud, fun music, I feel close to God. Other is his nature. You go on a hike, and that's when you feel closest to God. Well, that should be part of your rhythm. Larry Osborne says, um, uh, check the fruit, not the watering schedule. All so right. <laughs> are you growing fruit? Like you have an apple orchard mm-hmm. and be like, what a crappy orchard. They only water three times a week. We water every day. We're better. Well, you're both producing fruit, right? Yeah. Well, our water is filtered. They don't filter their water. Well, check the fruit. Same amount of fruit? Well, yeah. So if you, the fruit in your Christian life, and it's true, genuine fruit for right. the Holy Spirit and fruit like you're leading people to Christ, mm. don't compare your watering schedule or how you water to anybody else's watering schedule. 
And that's not an excuse to be lazy, all right? Because mm-hmm. I think people can flip it, but it's freeing. I'm, I'm different than the people I went to Bible school with. Yeah. I'm just different. And it took me a long time to hear Larry Osborne talk about that a few times, hear the Sacred Pathways talked about a few times to finally, like, even gain, like, a semblance of freedom in that area. To, yeah. All right, well, I'm okay, like, I like to listen to Christian leadership. I don't really like to listen to Christian academia. But that doesn't make me less than. I'm learning and growing, and yeah. Um, and so I, it's okay. That's cool. Um, I read the Our Daily Bread. Um, or even like if I read a digital Bible and someone reads a paper Bible, yeah. some people would be like the paper one. It's better because you're more tactile. It does more to your brain. It goes deeper. Well, if I'm reading the Bible yeah, and fruit's coming from my life, it doesn't matter if it's digital or analog. Yeah, that's so, good. Anyway, I just pass that along to you. I need to leave to go to an appointment. Yes. So No, that's good. Yeah, I think gonna, that was... So Nine Sacred Pathways by Gary Thomas. Okay. That's the book. That sounds good. And that'll be freeing for a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people. Sweet. All right. Well, next week we start our new podcast, our new podcast, our new sermon series. Pastor um, Steven's hosting. Yeah. Because we'll, we'll be, in, be Wyoming. in Wyoming. Yep. So Pastor Steven is doing that. So we'll be able to listen in on that and see everything going on. But be sweet. Thanks, guys, for talking.